1: Hello and welcome to the Guardian Football Weekly. Two down, one to go for Manchester City. The scoreline doesn't look as comfortable as it was as Pep wins the first ever Manchester Derby FA Cup final. Ilkay Gundogan with a banger after 12 seconds and a bobbly shinner 50 minutes later. Bruno Fernandes scored one of those penalties and United did create a few chances late on but the gulf we all knew existed between the two sides was there on show. Speaking of trebles, it's a bittersweet one for Celtic as they lift the Scottish Cup with everyone expecting Ange Postacoglu to move on. There is still obviously time for Spurs to Spurs this up. Karim Benzema is the latest star to take the Saudi Gazillions, the all-new Chinese Super League. Does that mean Kane to Madrid? Barca stage a great comeback to win the Women's Champions League. We'll pay a bit more attention to the England World Cup squad too. And also Zlatan's retirement, last gasp excitement in Belgium, another vasectomy and a gladiator's bombshell. All that plus your questions on today's Guardian Football Weekly. on the panel today. Barry Glendenning. hello. Hi, hey, Max. Hello, Troy Townsend. Hi, Max. Hello, Robin Cowan.
2: Good morning, Max.
1: Uh, so Pep has become the third manager in English football to win the league and FA Cup double in multiple seasons after Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. City just one game away from the treble. Alan says, did Gundogan score the fastest and slowest FA Cup final goals ever? <laughs> um, and there is 12 seconds, Barry. a, a goal, A goal that early is... It's always weird, isn't it? Like nobody's ready. for.
3: Yeah, commentators aren't ready. Well, I'm sure a present company excluded. She'd be prepared <laughs> oh, for not. every eventuality. <laughs> um, commentators aren't ready. Some members of the crowd aren't in their seats. No, no. Um, Victor Lindelof wasn't ready. Uh, David A. Hay wasn't ready. Lots of people weren't ready. Um, but Man City clearly had a plan. Uh, It was sort of harking back to Wimbledon 1988, get it launched and long ball up the middle, look for the knockdown and it was a great goal that caught Manchester United completely by surprise and must have just infuriated Eric Ten Hag no end um, because it's a really soft goal to give away against a brilliant team and that's something you really don't want to do at any point during the match, you particularly don't want to do it after 12 seconds. Yeah, but Man City were undeniably the better team in this game by distance, even if the scoreline suggests otherwise, and were more than worthy winners. It's a, good,
1: it's a, you know, it is Robin. It's, it's a testament to a good warm up, isn't it? I mean, I think was it? It was it Gundogan's first kick. Of the, of the match. I, I haven't watched it back enough times to know, but something. Sort
3: of no, it, it wasn't because he took the kick off. Ah, that's it. He took the kick off,
1: which is not really a touch, is it? It's his first <laughs> real touch. It's some finish, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I usually do not notice things like this at all, but I did notice he played it all the way back to the goalkeeper. I thought, oh, that's interesting for Man City. So I did think it was slightly rehearsed, albeit. Manchester United it did bounce, didn't it? And the Manchester United defender didn't win the header. And then somehow Gundogan was in absolutely acres of space right on the edge of the D and he hit it beautifully. But yeah, um I- I'm really, really reluctant, especially as a commentator, to criticise goalkeepers because I hate going in goal. I just I don't even try. It, um, you know, so basically I've never never chosen to do that. And so I go to David Priest, who's who's the authority on this. And I really think he should be used more, actually, as a... Generally, they should use goalkeepers more as pundits because so so often it they get it. I just don't... You you want to trust, you know, their judgment. And he... You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, he couldn't do much about that. And actually, you know, I'm sure he's a paid-up, you know, member of the union, but he did say he wasn't prepared. I mean, as Barry said, he wasn't prepared. He said his sort of footwork wasn't quite there. He wasn't anticipating and he did have time to actually anticipate what Gundogan might have done. He still might not have saved it, but it just didn't look great, did it? He kind of kneeled like underneath the shot. <laughs> so I just found that very interesting and it, it's great to kind of get that insight from an actual uh, goalkeeper and goalkeeper coach. I'd love to
0: hear what he said about the second one then, if, if the first one he wasn't ready for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say that, True. I mean, it's actually interesting. Working with Mark Bosnich, he talks a lot about footwork and it's sort of something that you don't ever think about. Like, obviously where your feet are and where your foot is planted makes a big difference on how far you can dive and which direction you can dive and if you can change direction. I just wonder, is there any sympathy for him for the second? Because I actually haven't even, I haven't even considered that he was at fault for the first. I'd give anyone a pass in in the first 12 seconds, Troy. But for the second, he's kind of unsighted, isn't he? I mean, you can be unlucky.
0: You can, but Max, you know, the pace of that ball the distance from De Bruyne's free kick to Gundogan, you've got to uh, listen, Robin's just said it there. I'm not the Oracle on, on goalkeepers and their feet and their positioning. And and David Priest is also someone that I, uh, I'm always conscious of when you look into criticize, you know, because it's, it's a niche position. It, you know, like it does on the field of play, the goalkeepers, almost the union almost seems to be the only one that can really criticize their own. And, I just thought, I thought this is the beginning of the end for De Gea. That, that, you know, big moments in big games are the things that define goalkeepers. And, and his, his movement wasn't great. When Gundogan hit it, I saw him make a slight move to the left. So he was definitely unsighted. But the pace of the ball means that he, sh- he should have made, could have made that move to the left and then back across to, to save it. Because again, it wasn't right in the corner. Um, it bounced how many times?
2: Twice. And, oh, <laughs> yes. I was going to
0: say 150, Robin, <laughs> yeah. but thank but you. It doesn't thank look you for good, twice. does it? It just doesn't it, look it, good. <laughs> it doesn't look good. And at that moment, you know, I, I've always been a fan of De Gea, to be honest. Goalkeepers make mistakes. And I think De Gea's mistakes get highlighted more because of the football club he plays for, the fan base and everything else. But at that moment, I said, to, I actually said to myself, I think you're done. David, I think you're done. And one of the big things will be that they look for a goalkeeper very, very quickly. Um, and if you're not prepared to be a number two, then it's then it's then it's goodbye.
3: But I, I think on that, no, it sounds like De head probably is prepared to be a number two. I think he has a cushy gig in Manchester. He's on massive money. He seems to enjoy living in Manchester. He's been there a long time. I don't know what his family's situation is. If he has kids in school there or what. But um, the, I just want to get back. I'll get back to the goal in a second. But Dean Henderson doesn't seem to come up in the conversation about United's next goalkeeper at all. Is he done at Old Trafford? I, I, because I he was doing okay at Forest until he got injured and then he missed the second half of the season through injury. I
1: read somewhere that he's, you know, he's he's, he's not staying at Forest. Like he's going back to United. So that is a possibility. I mean, I think they might be in for David Ray like a lot of, teams are yeah. but it will be interesting to anyway, see anyway
3: sorry that that's that's sort of a side issue I just think there's a lot of blame to go around for that second goal i afraid this the free kick he gave away was moronic yeah, yeah and then we have seen in recent weeks that if he's standing in a pocket of space on the edge of the penalty area unmarked Ilkay Gundogan can cause <laughs> quite a lot of damage <laughs> So why was he standing unmarked in a pocket of space on the edge of the penalty area? Why wasn't anyone marking him? It was just infuriating. So if, if I was David Hay, while I would be prepared to shoulder a certain amount of blame for that goal, I would also be... Pointing my big foam goalkeeping glove finger at Fred and and whoever was supposed to be marking Gundogan,
1: presumably the big foam goalkeeping glove that you got given by Bruce Grobbelaar from the Anfield rap video I'm hoping that's where <laughs> you've got your big foam glove, unless of course it's from Gladiators. But we'll get to that. Um, just the list of the fastest ever FA Cup final goals: Gundogan's twelve seconds, Louis Zahar, two thousand and nine, for Everton against Chelsea. A game that I literally have no recollection no of at recollection all. Of Chelsea no. beat Everton two one um bob chat in 1895 i also have no recollection of this one uh, 30 seconds for aston villa against west brom in a one nil win and uh, roberto di mateo i do remember this goal uh for chelsea against middlesbrough uh in 1997 um robin casemiro should have gone after 11 minutes i think so
2: <laughs> i think so yeah odd one and uh yeah again always interesting that uh the co-commentator Jermaine Genus, who I was listening to on BBC One, nailed his colours to the mask very quickly and said he meant that, which I always think is quite interesting because obviously, you know, again, they want to stand up for their fellow pros. And I always like to give them benefit of the doubt. You think, well, you know, it's fast and all that. But he seemed to think, yeah, he kind of, he was frustrated and it's not the first time he's done that this season. And, uh, and yeah, he got, got away with it. Yeah, it's some interesting decisions. Obviously, it didn't didn't matter in the end, but... Yeah, that wasn't pretty at all. Not at no. all. And Never been the, yeah, sent his- off
1: before, In was it in Spain? It's really making up
0: for lost time. Yeah, in his invisibility
2: cloak he left on the plane, clearly. <laughs> exactly. on the plane, yeah.
0: N- not only was he not sent off, he also got the free kick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah the you
0: know. free kick was given to Casemiro. <laughs> I- anyway. It's impressive. And then, no <laughs>
1: yeah, and then we had one of those handballs. I mean, we don't need to have that conversation again. It's utterly ludicrous, unless anybody wants to, sort of, you know, play devil's advocate or something. Uh, Gary Lineker did say uh, he was told with good authority that the handball laws will be simplified. I mean, we don't know who yeah. wrong, of course, but yeah. uh, you know, just say that it's not
2: the referees. Let's not blame them because this is they were True. just following good. following orders. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, that's the same.
0: I've, I've, I think at that moment, I mean. We've seen them given, we've seen them not given. We've seen them talk about distance from ball to hand, and we've seen them. And I think all we want is a consistency. If that is a pen, regardless of, of, of what situation it is, what distance it is, it's given. No, no, it's no, not, Troy,
1: we don't, no, no, Troy. We don't want that to be a penalty, ever. <laughs> <I> <laughs> no,
2: think we, like, like,
0: that's the consistency is, I want, right? Yeah, I get you. But if the letter of the law is that it is a pen and... Change the despite- law. ...despite... All our opinions here, yeah. The law needs to be changed. That is a massive call in that game, and and there'll be those that say, Well, look, they've got it right because it's got it in here. But I'm with, I think it affected Greenish. It I did. think it absolutely affected Grealish, yeah. And obviously, he was still they won, but he was still speaking about it afterwards with a lot of emotion as well. And all right, people will say, Well, whatever but yeah if that law is going to be tweaked that can't be tweaked soon enough that's for sure
2: i think it's the wording also you know this this unnatural position because actually it is natural what he was doing he just he kind of lost the flight of the ball didn't he and he lost yeah. the header, lost the header yeah. and because he was trying to head it his arms were up so i think that i think that actually it's the wording that kind of you think that well how where was he supposed to put his hands it's kind of where naturally was he supposed to do that
1: mm. um Baz, do you think Inter will have seen anything from that game to give them hope? I mean, you know, did have chances late on, didn't they? They could have taken this to extra time, even if it wouldn't have been deserved.
3: I'd love to know what the mood in the Inter camp is among the players. Like, do, do they actually think they can win this game? Maybe they do. Or there may be an era of fatalism and they may, might just be hoping City will have a bad day and they'll have a good day. I mean... I was just listening to the radio beforehand. They're six to one to win the game, like a Champions League final, and one team is six to one to win it. That's a massive, you know. Um, I, I'm not sure that I've seen much to give them hope. I mean, Manchester United did dominate for a while after scoring, but the thing, United have lots of players who are occasionally excellent, but not consistently excellent. And City have better players who are almost always on top of their game and any who aren't on top of their game. There's five or six more waiting in on the rank to come in and replace them and be just as good, whereas the quality we saw compared to the benches on, on Sunday. is just ridiculous, the golf in quality on both benches. um. <laughs> I, yeah, if I was an intra-player manager, I'm, I'm not sure what I would have taken for that game. they gone. oh, yeah, we can beat these, or this is an area of weakness. I suppose get Jack Grealish riled up early doors and, and hope he loses his head, as he kind of did on, on Saturday. It was interesting, like that post-match interview he did. It was him that brought up the subject of the penalty, mm. not whoever was interviewing. Mm. It was the first thing he wanted to talk about. Um, So it was clearly preying on his mind and, and, you know, ruined what could have been a a, a much better afternoon for him on an individual, personal level.
0: So I was just going to say, I think that would definitely be, it's been a game plan of many a team this season, isn't it? Get at Jack Grealish, upset him, you know, and and kind of put him off his game. But Barry quite rightly, you know, identified that there are so many other quality players within that team. I think it could be also a mind game just for City themselves in regards to knowing that they've been there before and didn't perform Um, and didn't perform. You know, it went horribly wrong, didn't it? Against Chelsea and um, people will point to the selection of Guardiola and and this, but I don't think he'll make the same mistake this time. He's since he's come, since we've come back from the world cup, he knows what, who he wants to start in particular games and he's nailed his mask to it. Listen, you never know. It's it's ninety minutes or one hundred and twenty minutes, and then some pens of football. You never know. But I'll be amazed if City don't don't walk off with the treble. Um, you know, Saturday night.
1: I think he's nailed his colours to the mark. I don't think he's nailed don't, his don't mast.
0: Start me, Mac, to... Don't start on me, <laughs> Max. Don't start me, Please, don't start on me. <laughs> no, I just
3: wonder if Inter might adopt the attitude everyone else seems to to have, or the opinion that we're going to get. Let's try and just shit house our way to a a penalty shootout or a 1-0 a win. And part of me would quite like to see that.
2: It would be <laughs> so funny if Man City <laughs>
0: lost this. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it would be.
0: We need to have a goal in 12 seconds from City, I think. That's what I'll take.
1: No, I think we want an Inter to score first. I mean, just to, 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 I don't know. I'm slightly torn, Robin, because I think maybe Pep would go. And in the interest of the Premier League not being a farmer's league, it would, be, it would just be <laughs> fascinating from a footballing perspective to see what happens to City when Pep goes. And they could just go on and get better, right? You know, De might actually be better than Pep. We don't know <laughs> whoever they get, but like that, that, that would be interesting. And, and I don't think he would go if they didn't win the Champions League. But, you know,
2: I'm, I'm I certainly think- tempted
1: to support the underdog.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I think that is really going to be very, very interesting. And maybe, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot um, of stuff hanging over Manchester City and it's questioned and rightly so. But it is interesting how many people are are saying, putting that aside, if they don't have Pep, they're nowhere near as dominant. And uh, that's going to be interesting to be put to the test, you know, if they do, especially if they do wriggle out of these, out of these alleged charges.
3: Mm.
1: you said wriggle
3: the, <laughs> the, the charges aren't alleged
1: um we do need to point out um troy yeah you can so what have you said well,
0: no I uh, well sorry i was going to go back to the final but i think you please might do no please do no, no 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 i just no. want everyone's thoughts on the de, it's not spoken about much but de bruyne pen so when fred put his leg across and um no, no. Not,
2: not for me he's not, gone no not for me troy oh absolutely thank you barry absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. that's
0: a penalty no robin's gone no max we don't care what his opinion is but never (laughs) mind
1: (laughs) is it a no max i don't think so i'd need to watch it again i don't know how many times i studied it my first instinct was de bruyne has generated the
0: content the the contact is that the is that the phrase yeah Um, it is the phrase I'm not so sure. Well, I'm with ba- I'm in Barry's camp. But I Robin... think
2: if it, if the referee gave it in real time, it would have not been overturned. I think it was it was one yeah. of those. Whereas yeah. they didn't want to re referee. Yes. The other interesting thing is Gundawan's now out of contract, isn't he? And yeah. where's he going to go? And will. I think the, the story is that City, he might not be getting the length of contract that City want to give him. So it would just it's be interesting to year, see. It's only one year, isn't it? That's it's, right. He's only been
0: offered a one year with an option.
2: Is that right? So, if, I mean, yeah. if Arsenal kind of offer a little bit more, it just, again, it'll be interesting to see. It's almost like City trolling Arsenal. How many players can we give you and you still don't <laughs> win? <wait?
1: laughs> like um, we do need to uh, uh, go back to Barry's uh, prediction uh, ahead of this FA Cup final. Uh, does Barry: <laughs> Yes, Does Barry think Man United could have won the FA Cup if Vout Veghorst had come off the bench earlier? Johnny's saying, I know it was slightly tongue in cheek, but has a prediction ever been as far off as Barry's about Veghorst? Lowest ranked player on the BBC yesterday.
3: Uh, my tweet or my prediction, I saw that tweet and uh, I'm not sure what prediction he thinks I made, but my prediction was entirely accurate. I said, I it's- in the very unlikely event oh, okay. that Manchester United win this game, it will be due to some sort of intervention by Vout Weghorst. They didn't win the game, which renders the prediction moot, null, and void. Well, <laughs> right, there you are. Your Honour. Um, thank you, Actually, Barry. Actually,
2: G- uh- Garnaccio was the one, wasn't he? He, he made a yeah, big that difference. Yeah, that's so
0: what I difference. was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Big And that's just
1: interesting, isn't it, Garnacho? Because you sort of look at Sancho, and he's such an interesting player in that everybody who watched the Bundesliga religiously you talk to Lars or Mark Langdon or Archie they're like Man United have got an absolute superstar but if you only watch the Premier League you're looking at a player who quite often can't beat a man can't really do any, like just looks like he's sort of quite a good footballer but just doesn't do anything you know and, and you don't want to you, you sort of you sort of will him to do well because people say oh he's hopeless and he's clearly not but it's such a confidence is everything but he really it looks sure like Garnaccio made such a difference
0: yeah I feel for Jaden Sancho there's a talent in there there's no denying it there's an absolute talent in there a young man that's had a lot to put up with by the way you know remember when he Man United signed him he hadn't played in the Premier League and the Premier League is a different kettle of fish than than, you know the Bundesliga Um, and he's playing for a massive club and they're under pressure and you know he's had to deal with Euros the fallout from there um, not being selected for a World Cup, so I'm 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 kind of like, look, let's give this young lad a clean run um, and see if he can get back to where he needs to be. There's no denying his. What we're watching is not the Jaden Sancho of, of of you know when he was growing up in Germany, and he looks afraid to take people on. He does look afraid to take people on, and and as a winger or as a wide man, that's not a very good trait, is it? Being afraid to take someone on, and he often turns back. And go safe. I just want him to have a really good summer. I'm not a Man United fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I just want him to have a really good summer and see if he can, um, you know, recapture that form but, um, that he had. But Garnacho, I, I mean, Barry, I heard you say dominate earlier. I didn't think there was a period that Man United actually dominated at all in this game, but they what they were better because of the impacts of Garnacho um, and, you know, had one or two opportunities. But I'd be really interested to see how many times Ortega had to really make a save, but also how many touches he had on the ball as well.
1: Okay, look, if you are a winger and you're not going to beat your man, the least you can do is cut inside and just bend one in the top left hand corner with your left foot. I mean, that's what you, that's the alternative, isn't it, Troy? Um, Oh, that's uh, a low
0: blow, that is.
4: That's not a low
1: blow It's a wonderful skill. I'm just a huge Arjen Robin fan, Troy. That's all I was trying to say to you. Um, Man United's 21st FA Cup final, more than joint most of any side tied with Arsenal. Uh, They've lost more FA Cup finals than any other team. They've lost four of their last five. But a bit of perspective, Barry. It has been a good season, really, for Manchester United, hasn't it?
4: It's been
3: decent, yeah. Um, They won a trophy. They qualified for the Champions League. I think anyone among their support, would be happy with that. But they're miles off Manchester City, like miles off them. There's an awful lot of room for improvement. The fans are unhappy, obviously, with the owners and want them gone. Everyone wants them gone. And the fans are split over who should take over. And that takeover has been dragged out and conceivably might not still happen uh, that needs to be sorted so yeah it's it, i'll go b minus of a season um from top to bottom of the club Ooh. but there, there is an, an awful lot of improvement yeah, i think it's
1: at least or a room b,
3: for improvement a, a, there
1: a b plus i think You've got a trophy got a trophy. well it, d- it
3: depends what you want what do you want manchester united to be what do Man- manchester united are one of the biggest clubs in the world yeah and they're nowhere near even being the biggest club in their own city at the moment. True. But, you know, from where
1: they were, I think it's, it's been some excellent... Yeah. If you keep improving like this, young little Man United, we'll, be, we'll, you know, we'll think you'll do well. Um, just finally on this, uh, you would have, of course, seen this story, but the, the Met Police confirmed the arrest of a Manchester United supporter for wearing a, a shirt mocking the Hillsborough disaster um, at the FA Cup final. A statement released by the FA said the FA strongly condemned the actions of the individual who wore a shirt referencing... The Hillsborough disaster ahead of the FA Cup final at Wembley Stadium. We saw a photograph of the offensive shirt on social media. Immediately started working to identify the perpetrator. Our security team were able to quickly locate the individual based on the image. And we welcome the swift action, which was then taken by police. We will not tolerate abuse relating to Hillsborough or any football tragedy at Wembley Stadium. We will continue to work with the authorities to ensure strong action is taken against the perpetrators. I think we need to say anything about that moron do we Um, and that'll do for part one part two uh, we will talk about Celtic winning the treble and the future of Ange Postacoglu Welcome to part two of the Guardian Football Weekly David says after championing David says, after championing Ange for so long, what percentage cut of the Spurs deal will you be getting, Max? How much of that will you need to pay off an angry Barca Jim? Watch your back, Rushton. Yeah, Jim Burke, Barca Jim, Celtic fan, joins us. Hello, mate. How you doing, Okay. I, I, I'm very good, thanks. Um, uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeted about an hour ago, I understand Tottenham have finally reached a verbal agreement with Ange Postacoglu as the next manager of Tottenham, being told it'll be a two-year deal with an option included for a further season. Um, uh, next step to get it done, uh, find a way with Celtic. So, I, I mean, I did want to start talking about the game and Celtic winning the treble, but the news has kind of overtaken us. Um, I'm sorry, Jim.
4: <laughs> yes, and you should be. No, actually, should be. I told you, I'm holding you personally responsible. And in fairness, you know, um, when he got the job, I mean, I was gutted he got the job. I i don't try and do any of this revisionist nonsense. I was, because I said, you know, we, we were dangled this Eddie Howe carrot for about five or six weeks. And then it all collapsed. And then within a day or two, this guy was getting off a plane from Japan. And we were like, oh, come on, you cannot be serious. And it was you, I think you put me in touch with, oh eh, dr carl a silly, kennedy
1: from neighbors uh. yes
4: <laughs> no i, I street was it francis leach francis leach yeah, yeah 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 and francis sent him a couple of DMs saying jim this guy's going to rock your world just seriously calm down but after his first press conference we really were like oh hang on this guy's because i i had about i'm in a group chat and then. But ten or fifteen lads. I'm not renewing my season ticket. I've had enough because that's how much a shambles the club was. And then literally after his first press conference, the the app, the group chat was, I've renewed, I've renewed, I've renewed, I've renewed, I've renewed. And not fickle football on fans, are they? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, and that's what's that. That's I mean, I can see the Spurs reaction online, and it's exactly word for word. Celtic reaction, and also arguably, he's walking into the same shambles at Spurs that he walked into at Celtic. It's almost identical, the shambles. Absolutely. Barry, it's, the top it's, down. Up, up, and also they've got, we did Wild, who was making noises about leaving, he was our main striker. Harry Kane's making noises about leaving. You know, all of those, you know, everything is the same. As I say, I am only holding on to the fact that I don't know if he's actually met Daniel Levy yet, right? That is the one little piece in the jigsaw that I think could destroy the whole thing, and I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for it if it does. Can I
3: uh, represent the the Twitter moon howlers um, who was argue that oh, Stephen Gerrard did well in Scotland, Bombed out with Aston Villa. So, who's to say Ange won't do the
4: same? Well, I would again look at it. Gerard did well for one season. Let's one season. The season when the stadiums were shut, the, steed, the season where Celtic decided to do everything possible they could to lose that league. You know, Rangers have been a stronger opponent this year. They won the league with twenty five points in Angie's first year. I think Ange lost i mean we were six points behind him after four or five games you know and and you know he took it from that position of you know shambles and and rejuvenated the way we play the game and and everything around the club you know and 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 I think. As Max says, he's a good man. He's a, a a real natural leader. A real, he's got... I mean, I'm, I met him a couple of weeks back at a, a thing. And you know that, and, and Gordon Strachan was there, and Scott Brown, and he was legends as far as the eye could see. But as soon as he walked in, you could just, write, this guy's, there's, he's, there's something about him. And I'll, I'm distraught, he's going. I'm not going to lie. Of course I'm distraught, he's going. And that's the reason, Max, that, you know... I'm never going to forgive you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can I ask, Jim? Um, as someone who doesn't watch Scottish football, just you know, read a lot about it. But you know, Brendan Rogers got did the treble. How was it different? How did he rock your world? In what way? I, I think. Don't
4: get me wrong. The, the Rogers season, and, you know, I'm I'm having to over the last couple of days review my opinion of Brendan Rogers just in case he gets the job <laughs> to replace him. Right. So it's not. I but. I think it was where he came from, um, where we came from as a club, to where we are now. And it, there's just a structure, there's just a unity. And I, I have I have never experienced that, even because I'm old enough to remember Jock Steen and I'm old, you know, and, and even Martin O'Neill's first season. And there still were fans that mm, grumble, grumble, grumble. You know, certainly with Jock Steen, I remember it and I remember it with uh, Martin O'Neill and I remember it to a degree with Brendan Rogers. you cannot find a Celtic fan who has got anything other than 100% support for him. There's a unity that that, that if you can achieve that at Spurs, that will be a miracle.
3: Mm.
1: And actually, it's an interesting sign of sort of the hubris of football fans, right? And I don't know how the Japanese fans reacted, you know, because like, Clearly, it's sort of like that Monty Python sketch. I look down on him and he looks down on me, right? Did the J League fans go, hang on, he's only done this in the A League. And then the the Scottish fans go, he's only done this in Japan. And now English fans go, he's only done this in Scotland. I mean, the fact is he's done it everywhere he's been and not with... okay. Celtic are a fancied club. Of course they are, but they were in a complete mess. It doesn't guarantee success for Tottenham. But but can you just tell us, talk about the football that he played?
4: Well, um, the football he played... Was, I mean, they showed a, a clip from his first one of his first training sessions, and it's now become a catchphrase: "We never stop." And it was a case of we never stop, we never switch off. If the opposition switch off for a minute, that's when we do our best work, and and he instilled that into the players, and you could see it. I mean, even when we played Real Madrid, especially in the home game at Celtic Park for. First half Certainly, out. the first half, mm. you know, we we were at them and whatever. And bearing in mind the size, the difference in the resources, that that augured well. You know, it'd be nice to see how he'd have done it this season because again, we're a much we're a much better unit this time. And he it, it, it has got an ability just to get players on the page. And the more, also, if somebody doesn't want to be there, he just get rid. You know, it's it's very much a his way or the highway. You know, so everybody has to buy into it. If you don't buy into it, you're gone. And he installs an incredible spirit in the club and in the team that just don't accept defeat. You know, um, and and if you were a Spurs fan, you know, I can't see what more than that you would want. Especially they're they're a fractured support. Um, if if he can do what he's done at every single job he's had and that's the thing there are no failures on his CV at all and Barry loves having a pop at the Spurs fans about how they're or oh, is he really good enough or us? us when they have had Mourinho who tore the club apart Conte who tore the club apart and a list of managers that have done nothing you know Troy? Jim, um, I hope at some
0: stage we're going to talk about your eating habits, but let's stick to the... Uh, <laughs> let's stick to the... Oh, we will. We will. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, what is it? What, how, how do you think he's going to be, not received, but, re- yeah, received by the fans, and we've kind of spoken about, it, but also by the players who can be particular about who manages their team, regardless of the fact that they're underachieving themselves? Do you think that he can turn around that mindset and attitude that has existed at Spurs for quite a while now um, and also handle the pressure of being a Tottenham manager or managing in the Premier League?
4: Absolutely. Now, on the subject of pressure, and I know everybody looks down on, you know, the Scottish press, but Celtic are a massive club. Massive. I've lived in different, you know, lived in Spain and... Going to a pub to watch a game, and there's been two or three hundred Celtic fans watching the game, and you know, and it's the same story throughout the world. They are massive. The demand to win every week, the demand to play football a certain way brings its own huge pressure. Now, with regards to the players, again, I talked about that charisma that the guy has and the very single minded vision he's got. He did an interview about how he does, how he conducts his transfer business. And he's, he said, I know how I want to play. I know exactly. And I look at a player and I say, can he do the thing I need him to do in that position? If the answer is yes, he signs him. If the answer is no, we move on to the next player. So the players will be given very, very detailed, very specific instructions. This is what I need you to do. And if they think, oh, I'm not sure about that. Okay, just go and find another club where you can do what you want to do. When you're here, you do what I want to do. And if you don't like it, we move on. And um, he's a real strong character, really, really um, strong character.
1: You have won the treble. I mean, that's good. There's a reason to celebrate,
4: like, despite this news. Oh, listen, it, exactly. And, and there's a lovely wee story. There's a, a, a friend of mine who sadly passed away on Saturday, old John, and I went to see him on Thursday when he got moved to the, the hospice for his end-of-life uh, care. And I said to him, I said, right, John, <coughs> He always talked about Celtic. He says, I don't know if you need any more bad news at this time. They said, but it looks as if Ange is off, it, Ange is off to Spurs. And he just said, that's the thing about Celtic. There'll always be another hero. You know, so yes, we're celebrating whatever, but life will go on without Ange and, and, and we'll get behind the next guy. But yeah, it will be, it'll be bittersweet. It, it was a, it, it was a bit bittersweet because we just had that feeling. Just what we what, we all knew he was going at some point, but with just one more year, just one more year, just to another crack at the Champions League, and just see where we were then, you know.
2: And is it Brendan Rodgers the is is that the front runner? <laughs> <You're> not... <laughs>
4: um, I don't. I don't know. If I, I I think we spoke on the radio yesterday. By I said that Celtic will have a contingency plan because again, that's another thing culturally that the just brought in that. There's always a plan for when something goes wrong or whatever. I think, I think Rogers. For me, I, I think he's the best of the candidates I've heard floated already. Just simply because he knows the club, he knows the city. His style of football is very similar to the one that Ange plays, so I think the transition would be quite easy. What will be less easy is him trying to convince the Celtic fans to forgive him for leaving them halfway through a season the last time around, and some of his Brentism's and and Jake Humphreys type behaviour that kind of uh, that accompanies him, you know. But you know we've been here before, and and we'll. we'll We'll survive,
1: I think. John says, <laughs> uh, "What was Barça Jim's favourite meal yesterday?" It looks like a historic Ooh, treble. I mean, This is this is out of the Mark Langdon playbook. Uh Begins with focaccia breads with crispy bacon and doja sausage, black pudding and tatty scone. Let me tell you, yes, that was the healthy that was the healthy <laughs> meal of the three.
2: That's the start of the game.
1: Yeah, that's breakfast. Oh yes. Uh, lunch was a donner pie. Right. Oh, and it was um, magnificent. What, a, what an extraordinary thing that is. That is uh, donna meat in uh, oh, I guess a short crust pastry of oh, some sort. Oh, no. Short crust. Far too
4: healthy. It's <laughs> oh, right. basically it's basically a lard or suet base. It's just <laughs> lard. Suet <it> kebab. <laughs>
1: and then a haggis supper on a walk back from the pub yes
4: yes I, I i that is a flawless day's eating if you do the if you're doing a glasgow live show i, I demand to be there as the the uh, there's none of this what was it the last night the wagamamas nonsense we're not doing any of that right right we're not doing the noodles and broth and whatever we will get in the good stuff that Donner is pie.
2: That, fa- oh, that sounds like nice. a potentially final day's eating.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Well, Jim, Jim said earlier, life will go on after Ange. It won't go on for his mate <laughs> John, and I don't, <laughs> don't think it'll go on for him either.
4: I'm here for I, a good time, not a long time, Barry, as you well know. That's
1: a good point. Uh, hey, listen, Jim, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. No problem.
4: Listen, nice to see hold you. Up, hold we need, we you.
3: need to Hello. get Jim's thoughts on... The game of the the weekend in Scotland, which was uh, Ross, County Ross County against Partick Thistle last night. What a game! What a penalty shootout! Some it absolute was fin- incompetence on
4: show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched I watched the penalties. It was on in the pub. I went to the pub as soon as I got home from Glasgow, and it was on. And there was the usual kind of sniffy comments about the why is this, you know, pub game on and whatever from. The lads in Leeds who are notoriously tolerant, as you can imagine, and then the penalty shootout started. And I know a couple of Thistle fans, and one of them in particular, Canadian Ray Bradshaw, he kind of tweeted like when they were two 0 up, "Yeah, isn't this great?" I was like that because Thistle have got the Spurs gene in them as well that they will find a way. They will find a way to mess it up. And by did they? They didn't half, did they? It was magnificent. See that's why Scottish football is great.
3: We get yeah. Well, all you have been matters. in my local pub. Uh, well, I think you all have, apart st- uh, from Robin. But like, it was the exact same attitude. Why? Why is this shit? I'm telling you. It's like because <laughs> there's nothing else. <laughs> And then when it got to the penalty shootout, about halfway through the penalty shootout, like each penalty that <laughs> got skied over the bar, was roars of applause.
1: <laughs> Just to fill everyone else in, this is the the, the playoffs to stay in the Premiership, or so Ross County are trying to
3: yeah. Ross County are trying to stay in the Premiership, and Partick Thistle are trying to get promoted, and Partick Thistle were were three one up at one stage, 3-0, zero, wasn't it? Or 3-0 up at one yeah. stage, on an aggregate, and managed
1: yeah. to lose. Yes. Ross County equalised in the last minute of normal time. And uh, then they went on to win the penalty shootout 5-4. So uh, they have salvaged their uh, Scottish Premiership status. Um, I need to dig out that penalty shootout and watch it.
4: Well, it was great because you know how normally when you watch a penalty shootout, a penalty shootout is he walks up and you say, he's missing this. <laughs> Yesterday was... I think he may score
0: a Massive shout out to Jan Dander, who I know from Ross County, former Liverpool and Swansea player who's uh, scored both of his penalties, by the way, um, and has been a credit to that club. So it's his first season in Scotland. So I just wanted to give him a shout out.
1: Wow, you've done that. Um, all right, Jim, you can go away now. All Cheers, right. pal. Cheers, Cheers man. Nice to see you all again. Uh, Cheers, mate. Jim Burke there uh, on the news. That looks like Anz is on his way to Spurs. Uh, and there's actually some other. It, it's not totally Spurs related, but it could be ultimately. Which is the news that Karim Benzema is leaving Real Madrid as a free agent uh, at the end of uh, 14 years, uh, where he's won everything, and uh, he's being moved, linked to with a move to Saudi Arabia. Um. Uh. uh which will be worth more than €100 million, I think, his deal. Um, Quite extraordinary, uh, the money that they are throwing at players at the moment. Um, But, you know, he has been unbelievable for Real Madrid, Troy. He did look a bit off it against City, but that doesn't mean he's done, right? He's still a wonderful player. What he's achieved... And sort of playing second fiddle to Ronaldo for a while and then stepping up when Ronaldo left. Um, is interesting. Also leaves quite a big hole for a centre forward if there are any available at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been thinking about this for quite a while. And just to, to endorse what you've said there, what a legend of a player who's obviously served that amazing football club so well for so long and should never sniff at 350 or 345 goals, that's for sure. But it does seem they've got a massive hole. They, they've also, Asensio has gone to PSG, and I know that's on a free, but it, it kind of, um, you know, allows for more wages to be looked at, doesn't it? So Benzema's wages, Asensio's wages it's got to be a big player that fills that hole it's got to be a big player that guarantees you goals and Max I'm not sure if you know of any I don't know of anyone but you you might know (laughs) someone
1: Richarlison
3: Richarlison
0: (laughs) (laughs) they could well be in for yeah for Spurs' number 10 because (laughs) I actually have said this before that I didn't think that Real Madrid or Barcelona were on the agenda just because of all the financial restrictions that both clubs have had recently but Freeing up that amount of money could only mean one thing. And Kai Havertz is the one that at the moment in the press is being talked about, isn't he? He's going to Real Madrid, which that's, you know, in the best world in the world, great player, but not a centre forward of Benzema's ilk for sure. So it'll be interesting over the next few weeks to see what happens.
2: <laughs> Am I allowed to say it? it might, Kane might be going there. I just want to ask you, Max, is it more palatable? Would it be more palatable for him to go to Madrid as opposed to another Premier League team?
1: Oh, I mean I think he should just like, you know, he should just go like somewhere. <laughs> it, like like I'd love him to stay at Tottenham, but like I think if the choice was stay at Spurs for another year, have your free choice or go to Manchester United. We've talked about where Manchester United are and clearly they are in a better position than Spurs. But if the choice is no European football or playing either side of Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr with Bellingham just behind you, you know, Modric still kicking about and and you know uh, Camavinga and Schumeni and all that. You know, like, it's just, you can't not do that. Surely, like, you can't. And if Ancelotti's staying, and you know, such a successful manager, it doesn't guarantee you trophies. But, uh, you know, I, I think, like, I think he should have the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. But maybe he's just happy where he is. Very I similar,
0: guess. Robin, to when Modric was leaving Spurs all those years ago and Chelsea were the fave you know, it's gonna, and the fans were up in arms if he ever goes to Chelsea. And you know, he went to Madrid, and he went with all the blessing. And I think it would definitely be the same for Harry Kane. They'll accept going to someone like Real Madrid because of you know the enormity of that football club. But going to Man United means he has to play against Spurs at least twice. Um, and I'm not sure they'll be able to, to to envisage him in a red shirt. That's for sure, or whatever color their away kit might be
2: next season. Well, that's right. Just just keep the white shirts. Maybe just wear a Spurs shirt, exactly. for Real Madrid <laughs> yeah.
1: underneath. Exactly, yeah. Uh, YP says, "Will the Saudi League be a nicer retirement home than the old wealthy Chinese Super League?" David said, "He'll be the first big name still in the prime of their career, say under thirty, to go to the Saudi League." Be interesting to see how this grows, or if it will be very much like the Chinese League, and eventually it'll be just be Fellaini getting a like a ultra trillion pounds a week to to play there.
2: It was Oscar, wasn't it? Who went in the in the sort of prime of his to ch- try. Twenty four, twenty
0: five, when they yeah. Up in. Well, he yeah, and he stayed tro- there for ages.
1: Yeah. but tro- you're you're closer to to elite level footballers than than the rest of us, apparently. Surely they have a conversation alien, where they
4: apparently.
1: go, you know, sure, surely you have a conversation where you go, like a hundred grand a week is enough, like to get <laughs> the groceries, right? You can you can get, you know, like do you do you really like, or is it just? I guess if you're on 100 grand a week and someone offers you 400 grand a week, you just go, oh, I might as well. For a It's, like, of it's years. like anything
0: though, Max, isn't it? And we always, you know, you'll always say how much more money can one have, but you, lifestyles and everything else and way of living and whatever it may be, someone offers you double, treble, quadruple what you're on. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a game changer, isn't it? It's <laughs> would, you, would, you go to, you, would you go to the Totally
1: Football Show for double this? <laughs>
0: to be fair at the moment I'm up for grabs my contract's finished so I could be going anywhere at the moment come and get me plea from Townsend there you go there you go Robin um
1: Uh, Ned says, following the retirement of Zlatan, do the panel believe he has the self-confidence to move into a coaching career? Or will he simply wither in the face of self-doubt as he flunks the UEFA B license exams? Adams says, now Zlatan has retired. Who's the most self-important cringy bore still playing football? Um, that, that Barry, there was a, I don't know if you saw the video of him. He was doing his speech to the Milan fans. I think it was some Verona fans booing. And he said, look, this is the most exciting moment of your lives. And the, <laughs> yeah. the, the curve, I went mad with him. Yeah. Um, how do we decide? Do we do we like
3: Zlatan or or not like Zlatan? Uh oh, you have to admire him uh, as a player and as a man. Uh, like as a player, tall, strong as a bull, agile, almost ballistic at some points. Brilliant touch, brilliant technique, brilliant balance, excellent in the air, excellent shooting from distance. Uh, scored free kicks and demanded very high standards from himself and his teammates, many of whom he got in rows with on the training ground or elsewhere. Uh, often that resulted in or ended at physical violence. He has obviously got this ironclad self belief. And, you know, if you scroll through his list of honours for playing with various teams and individual honours, on Wikipedia takes quite a long time to get to the bottom of the list. You know, he's achieved an awful lot in the game. um, And then he, you know, he had a, had a lot of falling out, fallings out with various people throughout his career, including Pep Guardiola, uh, Leonardo at Paris Saint-Germain, uh, our own Nedim Anuha, uh, who described him as arrogant, disrespectful and a complete thug. <laughs> uh, after his Re- he'd had Markham uh, while playing for Real or Real Salt Lake, uh, and Zlatan was um, playing for LA Galaxy, and then he obviously has his detractors, uh, some of whom think he's a big game bottler, uh, and and will constantly point to the fact that despite playing for Ajax, Uv, Inter, Barcelona. Milan, PSG, Man United—he never won the Champions League, and I suppose that's the big glaring absence on his Palmeiras, or and, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan, <laughs> but I I wonder what he will do. I I can imagine him, you know, turning up at these various FIFA and UEFA functions to present or you know open little balls and conduct draws, but I presume. If he wants one, there's a lucrative career as a pundit awaiting, hmm. and that would be quite entertaining as well.
1: Yeah, possibly. Or he'll end up selling Bitcoin or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, now, the footage of Jose abusing Anthony Taylor in the car park and the subsequent abuse of Taylor by Roma fans at the airport came out after we'd done the pod on Thursday. Certainly, the the, the video of the of the airport that happened after we'd done the pod. Um, but we did discuss Jose in quite big detail and his behaviour before that. Um I think we got the tone about right. He faces at least a 2 game touchline ban after being charged by UEFA over his behavior. Um and uh yeah, look, we'll keep you posted. As and when. That's
3: that's nowhere near
1: No, no, I agree. That's the minimum. Enough. That's that, that, that right. that's the minimum. Yeah. So it could be more, but I totally agree. I mean, everybody the, the whole point is I don't know if you agree, we can the, the whole point is he can't be held responsible for what other people do, but everybody in the game knows that every, every single club has a section of football fans who are morons, right? Like, n- nobody really says it. Like, every single club. It, it, and if you don't have many fans, it's not a lot of people. If you have a lot of fans, it's a lot. And words, we all have a responsibility. Anyone who has any sort of platform. And, you know, he should know better. Don't
0: UEFA have a responsibility to look after those officials, regardless of whether it's a high-profile game or whether it's... I couldn't believe that we're still in an era where him and his family almost are left to their own devices to yeah.
1: Yeah, good point. you know to
0: get the plane and and whatever and you've got to realize that they're going to be subjected to 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 abuse. I I just can't understand why they were left alone to travel by themselves or what appeared to be obviously we don't know everything but what appeared to be travel alone and then subjected to that abuse because obviously getting to um you know where do they where they need to get to was through sections of fans. I I, I just can't understand that.
1: No, it's a very good point. Uh, that'll do for part two. Part three, uh, we'll do the Women's Champions League final and any other business. Welcome to part three of the Guardian Football Weekly. So the Women's Champions League final. Barcelona beat Wolfsburg three two. Wolfsburg were three. Wolfsburg were two nil up. After 37 minutes. I mean, what a game this was, Robin.
2: Yeah, and it's a real shame it kicked off at the same time as the Lens uh, yeah. FA Cup. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, that could have been remedied. But anyway, yeah, it was an absolute cracker. Um, it looked like um, Barcelona, who uh, suffered a shock defeat last season to Leon. It was happening again. The an early goal. Wolfsburg were brilliant in the first half um eva payor dispossessed lucy bronze it was her first appearance since her knee surgery um first appearance since april and that she looked a little bit rusty dispossessed on the edge of the box and she fired in and then alex Pop- some hit well, it
1: was some it, goal wasn't it, it yeah, yeah
2: no and she she's the top scorer um polish international so they don't really qualify for many tournaments so you don't really see her on the international stage but she is an absolute player she's she's incredible um and then Alex Pop with a trademark header to make it 2-0. Um, I mean, they were good, but then someone posted on Twitter, the XG at halftime was 2.7 for Barcelona and 0.4 for Wolves. Right, <laughs> right. So there was an indication that it might not be over <laughs> just yet. And Barcelona, they just stepped it up a little bit more in the second half, a bit more tempo. And um, Patrick Gujaro, who... Um, Scored two goals in three minutes, um, you know, got it back. And then, unfortunately, the winning goal, I don't know if you've seen it, is an absolute... Oh, it's,
1: yeah, it's a horror show.
2: Calam- it? Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute shower, um, which is which is a shame. Um, just defensive calamity from Wolfsburg, you know, a clearance that goes, that ricochets off your own player and then uh, freely in a rolfer to to smash it in. So I think they did deserve it, but you know, it, it's it just shows they have that um added resilience now, which is quite scary because they're also just a really bloody great team. Barcelona. Great for England, you know, Lucy Bronze and also Kira Walsh had a good game lifting the Champions League. Um so yeah, it, and it was yeah, just a great a great game. Um and uh, but I think Wolfsburg you know, it's difficult Barcelona are a force, but that was a chance. That was a real chance to win it.
1: I love watching Bon Matisse play, right? Ooh, I just yeah. think just everything goes to her. It feels like yeah. that, just a total class above. Um, uh, the England squad, are, we we talked about it a bit on Thursday. What, what have you made of it, Robin? Beth Mead, not included. Um, she's not recovered from injury. Beth England is in um, and Millie Bright's there. She's been out since March, but is in. Obviously, Leah Williamson and Frank Kirby are out. No place for Maya Tissier, on Nikita Paris and Steph Horton. Who I think you said or someone said might have got back in, but sort of thought she wasn't going to get back in a while back and said some nasty things and that might have counted <laughs> against her. But like generally, is it as good as we could hope for given the injuries?
2: Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's just very, very different, obviously, from from the Euros. More different than we expected with it just being a year on. Personally, I would have put Letitia in there. She's played every single game for Manchester United and she's been so good. And I also, I also probably would have put Paris in there ahead of Katie Robinson just because she's got a little bit more experience. But having said that, I will not have anyone argue with Serena Wiegmann, right? She is the Don. And that's including myself. I will do – I'll go full like Ed Norton and fight myself, you know, because I right. shouldn't, shouldn't we go up against her. Serena Wiegmann, we trust so, But it is going to be, I think, it's actually probably not a bad thing The expectations have been lowered because of the injuries to the key players that performed so well at the Euros. It's probably not terrible, but yeah, the optimism that I had um, when the draw came out and everyone was still fit has just waned a little bit. But as I say, we have the best manager in the world.
1: Um, FIFA had, I think the last time we spoke about this, suggested there would be a blanket ban on... Um, European coverage of of the women's World Cup, which seems so ridiculous, right? And and Infantino moralizing about anything is obviously ludicrous. Um, but what do you know? What the latest is? Like, I just presume it'll get sorted and it'll be on TV everywhere in Europe.
2: Well, I think that the issue is is that um, they're putting Europe into a sort of amorphous blob. But there's been different bids from every European country. The UK is at the higher end. Um, and hopeful that it will be sorted out yeah it's i think the the main i think Susie rat probably has already covered this on the podcast at some point but the main issue is this is the first time the rights have been separated from the men so no one no one's actually ever put a sort of price on how much they're worth so this is this is the issue because usually it's bound up world cups and men's and then the women's is kind of just thrown in as a sort of added extra
1: so it's kind of, so it's a, it's a, is it a positive thing that they've been split sort of in principle I think or so. not? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, no, it is. Cause then you get, you know, um, I think you probably get, you know, more bespoke sponsorship. It's just a lot of things. I mean, I'm not an expert on any of this, but I think it probably is because it is, you know, the numbers were, were great, you know, for the Euros and also for the previous World Cup uh, in terms of viewership. I mean, that's another issue, especially in Europe, obviously the kickoff times aren't amazing. And especially for say ITV, that, in terms of selling advertising, if you're kicking off at nine a m in the morning, it's not quite as lucrative, so I think yeah there's just it's a lot to go into it i'm I, obviously very hopeful that will be sourced out in this country and hopefully every country because all of those European countries have teams that are you know one of the favorites to to do well, so it would be a massive, massive shame if it if it didn't get sorted it, it out, it will.
0: It will get sorted, not it, it? Let's be honest. I think it, so. It will get sorted. But what? A, what look is it though, Robin? Yeah. For the game.
2: Well, Jenny and Fantino is obviously trying to put it on the broadcasters for saying they're not offering enough money, and he's saying you're disrespecting the women's game. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, it, but, he might
1: be right. Like a stop clock is right, he might right? Be. You know, like he, he yeah. might be right. Um, it's just interesting
2: but, that he's he's now concerned with it when it comes to the, the financial side. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, anyway.
1: um, we'll yeah. see what we will see what happens, but like we're all very hopeful, of course, uh, that gets sorted. While we're on the women's game, just to point you in the direction of a brilliant interview Dom McCrae did with our own Lucy Ward in the Observer. It's a Brilliant interview, and just go and read it. Um, any other business? Belgium. This is great. Royal Antwerp. Uh, completing the Belgian League and Cup double for the first time in their history, um, they were. It all happened at the last minute. It was sort of wild in Belgium. Uh, they were playing Genk, who could also win the league, as could Union saint Um And Union Saint-Gillois took the lead against Bruges, which meant they were top of the league. Forty-sixth minute, and then in the seventy-fifth minute, Genk went two-one up against Antwerp, which meant that Genk were in second. So when Bruges equalised against Union Saint-Gillois. And then took the lead. Then Genk were going to be the champions, and they're playing Antwerp. And then Toby Alderweireld, out of nowhere, pings one into the top corner for Antwerp, uh, and so they win the league. I hope you followed all that. But it, it is worth digging is out Toby, that goal. By the way, Toby Alderweireld has how always how been thirty-four. He's always been thirty-four <laughs> since the moment he started playing to now. Um, uh, what do you reckon? Thirty-seven Alderweireld. He I is looking, thirty-four. He's thirty-four.
2: He's only
0: thirty-four. <laughs> Who wow. is
1: 34? Toby Alderweireld is 34, yes. This is now just two old men shouting in a cafe, <laughs> Troy, isn't it? He's 34? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, anyway. Wow. Uh, okay. Dig, okay. Dig that out. says, um, uh, please talk about the fifth-tier Spanish playoff final. Absolute carnage played in a bog. I sent you this video. I don't know if any of you have had time to watch it. The uh, Tercera Division, Salamanca versus uh, San Andrao. Uh, the rain and hail forced the game to be stopped on several occasions. But San andrea won two uh, one, and I think the winning goal was a diving header just into like a. It's just like it's like a slip and slide, and then the celebration just absolutely
0: brilliant. Um, I actually thought it was old footage when you sent it, and I thought, "Why is he sending this? <laughs> like, why do I need to watch this old footage?" Like, and then yeah, read no, the comment on it, and yeah, brilliant.
1: Uh, Ed says, can we have a special mention for the Central Coast Mariners and the Cum Dog? Um, uh, uh, that is a man called Jason Cummings who did play for the Socceroos I think at the, the World Cup it's called a hat-trick the A-League final as uh, Central Coast smashed Melbourne City 6-1 in the final here's hoping Inter can provide a repeat and the City group get pushed back in their global domination ambitions uh, he's quite a character is Jason Cummings um, and uh, yeah sort of entertaining social media uh, fodder I would say. Uh, Matt says, Dear Max and Co, I had a vasectomy today and specifically left around 30 minutes of the last pod to listen to whilst it was happening. Unfortunately, I forgot my headphones and had to endure small talk about summer holidays while the doctor became increasingly agitated about the position of my right tube. Home now and have listened to the pod. Wish all the best to the other pod listener who's going in on June the 16th. Best advice is to go tighter than you think you need on the pants. Um, thanks for another great season of podcast have a great summer Matt age 39 and 7 months uh, thank you well done congratulations Matt uh, is it time for a the-
2: bespoke vasectomy podcast because well, you're racking them up aren't you
1: well interestingly and I forgot to uh, mention the Guardian Football Weekly book but there is an entire section Devoted to vasectomies. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> uh, wow. you, can uh, you can pre-order that. You um, can pre-order that. I'll uh, tweet out the link probably every day for the rest of my life. Um, Adam says, finally, howdy, Max and team. After last week's pod mentioning Wolf from Gladiators, I was reminded that I used to serve him regularly at the Blockbuster video I worked at in Kent In around 2002, 2003, I'm not sure if he had some type of deal with Blockbuster or my store manager, but he was definitely on the staff scheme for free rentals and confectionery discounts. Plus, on several occasions, late return fees were wiped with no questions asked. Always a nice guy, (laughs) although much shorter than you'd expect from the telly. I still wouldn't fight him, though. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Adam. So there we are. Wolf owes Blockbuster. (laughs) <laughs> Nine pounds twenty in late. Some of the nothing perks. worse than nothing worse than finding a video you hadn't taken back for three weeks. What it's was a there? perk that um, current
2: gladiators won't be able to, uh, to no, partake in. Is it
1: absolutely right? It's not what it used to. Be. Not as good as it used to be, is it? Did you say, Robin? You went to the filming of gladiators? I
2: did. It was my favourite show ever. My dad took wow. me along, and uh, yeah, it ruined it. <laughs> You're basically watching people put up and put away equipment <laughs> for most of the day. Uh, so yeah, the magic goes through it slightly. Really? Nice gesture, it doesn't go it
1: but... doesn't go straight from hang tough to the wall, does it? That's what I no.
2: thought. Oh. But no, clearly not. <laughs> wow,
1: hours and hours of yeah, Did get a phone stage finger, though, management. We... <laughs> yeah. There you go.
2: Also Clattenburg, Mike Dean yeah. surely yes. has to replace John Anderson. Surely. It's,
1: it's a good point actually. It's a good point, my decision's been made. I know, it's all Mike Riley's fault, almost certainly. Anyway, that'll do That'll do for today. Uh, thank you, Troy.
0: Absolute pleasure as always, Max. Thanks,
1: thank Barry. You. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Cheers, Max. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday after the Europa Conference League final between West Ham and Fiorentina. And to look ahead to the Champions League final, Football Weekly is produced by George Cooper. Our executive producer is Christian
3: Bennett.